Come on, you rambling boys of pleasure and ladies of easy leisure. We must say adios until we see Almeria once again. La 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 la. Hello. Welcome to the Tony Daily with me, Tony Kent. That is one of my favourite Pogues song ever, Fiesta. Just makes you want to get giddy, doesn't it? Um, This is a podcast that invites you to come find yourself. So you don't think, oh, is it just me? Is it just me that feels like this, thinks like this? I can talk to you and you can go, no, it's not just me. And also I can talk to you and think it is not just me. So um, it's St. Patrick's Day. And for those of you that don't know, my dad's parents were both Irish, born in Ireland. My dad was born in England. And um, I don't know much about my dad's family. And I would like to know more. And growing up, it was weird. So in the 70s, 80s, perfectly normal, perfectly normal to be utterly racist towards Irish people. And lots of mainstream entertainers used to make Irish jokes. And there was one bloke, is it Jimmy Cricket, who wasn't even, his whole character was that of an uneducated Irish person. And how fucking wrong, how wrong is that? And I do remember saying to people at the time, uh, my nan is Irish excuse me, Um, mostly there was a lot of, yeah, yeah, but dad's family's Irish, so uh, let's drink Guinness. But um, I've often felt that there's a gap. So there's a piece that I've written, which I'm going to share with you, uh, which is in Reasons to be Cheerful Rides Again, which you can find on Amazon. But I guess I wanted to, before I read that, I haven't looked at it for a while, share a little of how it can be difficult where there are these gaps in your family knowledge and my dad's dad had died so we never knew him my dad's sister died as a teenager so we never knew her and my dad's mum lovely nanny walsh me and my brother used to go and visit but we would go on our own and we would get sort of sent on our own. We'd walk quite a long way, a good couple of miles to go and visit her. But, you know, when you're young, we used to go to her house and watch Pob in black and white on the telly or Black Beauty or Bonanza. Um, and really, we didn't know very much. I mean, she liked to drink. And I'll come on to that in a minute because I'll see what's in this piece. She did like a drink. Um, gin, specifically, a Mackeson Stout. See, there's this image of Irish people just drink Guinness. My nanny Walsh liked Maxson Stout. And she had a sister called Mamie. And Mamie definitely had lots of problems with alcohol. We didn't get to see her. There were family members we weren't allowed to see or we were advised to stay away from. And then we had an Uncle Con, my great uncle Con, who lived in London, lived above a pub. He was a postman. So you didn't phone him, you phoned the pub if you wanted to speak to him. Um, And I've been trying to sort of fill in some 
gaps and I am going to do a bit of research to find out more. But we never really got to know a lot about my dad's family history. And there were some right old skeletons rumbling about in there. You got that sense. Um, and there were lots that my nan didn't want to talk about. I mean, she was widowed three times and lost both her children before she died. Um, and one thing I have been doing is listening to the Blind Boy podcast. I'll put a link to that in the comments. And he is comedian, satirist, podcaster, art historian, a psychoanalyst or, you know, mental health campaigner. He's amazing. And I get some comfort from hearing his voice. He's from Limerick, hearing his accent. And also he has spoken about traumatised um, people and explaining how when as happened with the Irish, an entire country's language is taken away from them and they're basically persecuted. It's going to lead to collective trauma. And so whilst there is this image of, yeah, God, Irish people, and they love to drink. I mean, if you went through what they went through, through being colonised by the English, well, you would drink. Um so it's quite deep, quite deep that. But I'll I'll see if I can find the relevant episode of his podcast because I felt like I got an education that just didn't get well. You wouldn't have got in an English school. No, no, no. So I'll share that with you. Um, but here's the piece. It's more about what went on in my family versus what <laughs> the history of Ireland. Uh, in a taxi in Dublin many years ago, I was chatting with a driver when I decided to form a bond with him by telling him that I have Irish roots. It is possible that he was sick of people who are not Irish by birth laying some claim to his nationality. And it is possible he had had a long day and didn't fancy indulging an excitable tourist. It's also possible that he was a rude man, as when I talked to him about where my dad's family is originally from, he was less than complimentary. In truth, I'm personally about as Irish as a baguette, uh, but the presence of the Irish part of my family was writ large throughout my childhood and continues to this day. Surnames of Walsh and Daly, first names of Mamie, Cornelius, Margaret and Mary, and accents that would become impenetrable after a gin or three at the local Labour club. There was also the small matter of the person we spent almost every Sunday morning with throughout my childhood, my dad's mum, Nanny Walsh. I can still picture her house today. The top half of her front door was obscured glass with a grid of fine wires running through the pane. As you walked through the front door into the little space that counted as the hall, directly in front of you was the telephone table. You love a telephone table. Hanging on the wall to the right of the table was an image of Christ on the cross, a crown of thorns on his head and nails in his hands and feet. Don't enjoy yourself too much on that call. He is watching. Above the phone on a hook was a silver whistle, reserved for heavy breathers. I don't know what it was about the 80s, but heavy breathing down the phone to unsuspecting people seemed to be popular for a while. And I find myself wondering now if my poor old nan got so many of these calls that it caused her to buy the whistle, or if she was secretly a referee. Whatever the reason, if you made the mistake of heavy breathing down her line, you were going to get a thousand decibels right in your ear hole in return. 
In her living room was a polished dresser, the top of which served to display black and white pictures, including one of my dad and his sister dressed for their first Holy Communion. I thought that they looked beautiful, just like a wedding. And in that house, my lovely old nanny would let me and my eldest brother sit and watch Pob and Black Beauty on her black and white television while she made us fish paste sandwiches in her kitchen. I don't know if there was any other food in there apart from that, but her sandwiches tasted like heaven. It was only of a high brand bread as well. That was, I remember how empty her fridge was. There was, mm, what's it called? The jar, the, the fish paste that comes in a jar. Madison's maybe? So there was a jar of fish paste and high bran bread, which was a higher caliber of natural fiber, uh, and proper butter. That's what I remember. Never any food in it, bloody hell. She had a set and perm, except she used to call it a perum. A perum, P-E-R-U-M. I've gone for me perum. And used oil of ule. None of this ole business back then. She wore American tan tights and had a neat, nice line of neat polyester dresses. She'd joke about how the postman was right up my street. Oh, torn. He was right up my street. And told us tales of working in London as a young woman where she and her friends would go out on the town after work and not return until the morning. Every man. Now, maybe this is why she'd been married three times. Every man that she encountered was right up her street. <laughs> Every man. Uh, she also used to have cat, hundreds of cats. She used to pop through into her back garden. She's like feeding the cats as well. Aww. We'd watch the London Marathon together so that she could coo over the city that she moved to from Ireland and loved as her home. As we left, she'd give us a packet of cigarettes <laughs> and four cans of Courage Light Ale to take home for our dad. See, and this is the weird thing again, isn't it? So me and my brother would be sent to my nanny's house and she would give us things to take back for her son. Why didn't he come with us? What was going on that we used to go, but my dad did not? I don't know what happened there and we never really got to find out. And then he used to complain that the cigarettes we bought back, even though we were only like, I don't know, eight and six, were Ronson's. And my dad didn't like to smoke Ronson's. He wanted a packet of silk cut, please and thank you. But anyway, um, and here was the thing. She seemed to always interminably be chipper. She was always interminably chipper. And yet she was a widow three times over and had outlived both of her children, my dad and his big sister, Mary, no longer in her life, but captured forever in communion clothes. When she died, I was asked as the eldest grandchild to read the call and response at her funeral. And I didn't know how it worked. So the priest had to step in and help me out. Not only am I not Irish, I'm also not Catholic, but at least I now know how and also with you should be recited. I wasn't sure originally where this piece would take me, but having got this far and reflected on that cab ride, I think that my clumsy attempts at sharing my heritage with others is perhaps less about jumping on a bandwagon and more about trying to connect with part of my family history that, in truth, I know very little about. Maybe it's a bit about trying to find meaning in the absence of knowing all the detail a way of connecting with some history that I'll probably never know. So this St. Patrick's Day, I will raise a glass because whilst my heart may not be entirely Irish, it is in the right place. 
So there you are, my lovely nanny. The thing that I didn't put in there was something that she once did. So I'll put a picture of her on my socials because I just, I, I found, I got sent actually from my mum's sister, my auntie Karen, sent me a picture from my mum and dad's wedding. And in it, my nanny Walsh is just smiling. And here's something that those of you who are in your 40s and 50s may relate to um, and older. Um, I always thought my nan had the most amazing smile because her teeth were so straight. And it never occurred to me that her teeth were false <laughs> for quite some time. I remember, I think, going to stay in her house and she had candlewick bedspreads, of course. She didn't have fitted carpets because you didn't in those days. Um, that was a luxury. Um, but yeah, she had sterident tablets to sterilise dentures. So that was why her teeth were so lovely and straight and evenly coloured because uh, they were dentures. Um, but yeah, so she... Uh, well, was an, <laughs> did something once where I was uh, lodging at my friend's house. So I'd left home, lived in one weirdo's house in Basingstoke, then lived in another weirdo's house in Reading, stalker landlord, and then thankfully moved in with my friend's sister. She is also my friend. And um, one day I'd got home. And my friend said to me, Tony, there's a message for you on the answer phone. I think it's for you. And it was my nan. And she was pissed. And she was saying, I'm going to fecking murder yous. So, <laughs> so that's a lovely memory, isn't it? My lovely nanny phoning me up saying she was going to fecking murder me. Um, but I kind of... There are times when I think I wish I knew more about her because she definitely lived a life and she definitely went through a huge amount of heartache and was never anything but massively kind unless she was leaving a message like that off my answer phone. But yeah, so that's that. So I, I have a plan to find out more about that side of the family because there's so much that I just don't know maybe I'll do a little pilgrimage so I can go to Ireland and find out where that side of my family hails from so that's that it was quite a long one wasn't it I hope today that you're getting to enjoy a bit of sunny weather quite nice here after yesterday's washout I hope that if you are of Irish extraction, you take a moment to raise a glass and thank you for being here. If you've enjoyed this, please share it with someone and I will be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>